0: Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to The Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by His Word. Uh, As we lead up to uh, a time or a season, uh, we recognize even the the world, to a certain extent, recognizes the reason we have Christmas is not because of Santa Claus, but rather it is because of Jesus Christ coming 2,000 years ago. And so we're going to be looking over the the Christmas uh, uh, passages that are given to us in, uh, in the Word. And um, we are going to, uh, this, this series I'm entitling uh, For His Glory. For His Glory. Uh, it's interesting, uh, we're coming to the end of, of this year. The theme this year has been In His Love, Being All That We Can Be for His Glory. This year was all about being all we can be. And a number of you, uh, you've decided, hey, um, Lord, what can I do for you, for your glory? And there's been changes in your, your life and the things that you do. Uh, and not just at church or uh, through the church, but rather uh, as an individual, as you have that opportunity to glorify him in who you are. And so there's been a, a glorifying him with your lives. The passage that uh, we're going to be going around is uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 29 to 31. And it talks about no flesh glorying. That no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh. But if him you are in Christ Jesus, who beca- became for us wisdom from God... And righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And we're going to look a little bit about around this uh, definition of glory. What does that mean to glory in the Lord? And even uh, when it comes to giving him glory, uh, how how does that look? Tonight, um, I want to I look a little bit into Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1. And, and these two accounts that we have here are of Mary uh, in Luke chapter 1 and also of, Ma- uh, of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. And um, so we're going to go to the, that passage. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1 as you do. I'm just going to read again. Uh, verse 30 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, where it says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. So this aspect of receiving wisdom from God. How many of you uh, need wisdom? We all need wisdom. And it's one thing... Uh, to have wisdom, the wisdom of man, it's another thing to have the wisdom of God. We need wisdom that is beyond the wisdom of man. And, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. This aspect of Jesus coming and he came and he became for us wisdom from God. And so tonight, this, this thing of him that glories, let him glory in the Lord. To receive the wisdom from God, we need to glory in him. We need to boast. Another aspect of glory, to glory in the Lord. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. It, it's about boasting. When you boast on something, when you are... Uh, Excited about something, and you're or you're depending on something, or you're saying, Oh, this is I've accomplished this because of whatever, and there's a boast made. When there's if there's any boast that should be made, that it would be in him. He who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. Another aspect in of the root of this word in the Greek. Speaks of of boasting. It talks about shining. Now the thing is, if we look at boasting in a negative sense, we we there's this thing of us shining, or there's a we're we're sort of building ourselves up, or our faith, our glorying is in ourselves. Look at what I've accomplished, and so there's this shining, if you would. See what I did? This is what I've done. He who glories, he who boasts. Let him glory in the Lord. And as we do this, with the wisdom, we receive wisdom from God. We receive the wisdom of God. and As we look at um, Mary and Joseph in Luke chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 1, uh, we see that that's not the case in these two individuals. If we want to receive wisdom from God, as we glory, that we would glory in him. As we boast, we would boast in him. As we shine, it would be the Lord Jesus that shines in and through us. Which is so contrary to this world. Which is so contrary, contrary to the human flesh. Which is so contrary to Satan. Because boasting is, is, has this aspect of pride. Which is contrary to... To God. So as we glory in the Lord. There's a receiving. Of wisdom from. From God. This wisdom from above. I want to look at. Some keys. And some characteristics. And and even as I read this passage. I want you just to think. Because I'm going to ask you in a few minutes. I'm going to ask you again. What are some characteristics. Of somebody that's uh, a servant, a maidservant or a, a manservant. Because there's something that Mary declared, uh, and it's written in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. It said, Then Mary said, and she's speaking to the angel, Behold the man or maidservant of the Lord. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. She's talking about herself. Let it be to me. According to your word, and the angel departed from her. So, characteristics of a maidservant or a manservant of the Lord. So, in this passage, you might say, Let it be to me according to your word. You might say, Well, what was the word that was given her? In fact, as we read this now, we're, we're going to recognize that a decision. Mary made a decision. In fact, each one of us makes a decision. Each one of us makes a decision regarding the wisdom of God, uh, the, the word of the Lord to us. The things that are from the Lord are of wisdom. They may not be in line with this world. In fact, they're, they're contrary to this world. And so the thing is, can we have that wisdom? How can we receive that wisdom? And it is also in who we are in our character and in the traits that we have before the Lord. Do I want to accept this wisdom from above? Mary here is, is pondering what was said to her by the angel and so there is this information that's given, and she has to make a decision. And she has free will in this. And we have free will when it, when it comes to receiving wisdom from God. We have a decision to say yes to that information, that wisdom, or to say no. to To accept that wisdom or not. And so... Once again, if we glory in ourselves, I choose to say, I am going to uh, reject what God has for me, wisdom for me. uh, And I'm going to just do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I think is good or right. I'm going to push aside information given to me by God, even wisdom given to me by God. I'm going to reject it so as i go on here without getting into the story just yet can somebody tell me what would the characteristics or the traits be of a good servant and i recognize maybe you can't relate to this aspect of servant but i want you then maybe to uh relate, maybe you can relate to the thing of being a good employee. What are the traits of a good employee? Sorry? Sorry. All right. Loyalty. All right. Sorry? Obedience. All right. So, loyalty. A good servant or good employee is obedient. Now this is assuming that the the employer is is not telling you to do things that are contrary to what is right. So so being obedient, yes. A willingness, a willingness to 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 say I'm going to do this or yes, I'm willing. Yeah, Peter. Being humble. Yeah. If you're, <laughs> how, how long can a, a proud person be a, a good employee if you're proud? It's, you know what? It is, I would say, very difficult for an employee to be a good employee if there's pride involved. Anything else? Yeah, Alice. Sorry? You know, I'm, I'm uh, punctual. punctual, right? Okay, so being on time, yeah. So there's there's uh, stipulations uh, for hey, this is when you're gonna work. Uh, it's from such and from seven till three or eight till four. If you have an eight-hour shift, you might have a little break here and there uh, along the day, but for the most part, you're you're on time. So, you're you're working during the time that you're you're supposed to be working. Uh, what else? I think maybe more of you can relate to being an employee than to being a slave or a maid servant. Anyone else? Some traits of a, a good employee: being honest. Okay. Respectful. Okay, yeah. So lots, of, lots of good characteristics. Yeah. Okay, so able to work individually or in a team setting along with others? Sure. So, has... Has anybody had to work uh, from home uh, over the course of the last few years where you're working from home? You weren't working at work, but from home, anybody? Okay, one. I know there's others that had to work uh, or are working from home and there's nobody watching them. How many of you are good at what you, are good in... Accomplishing things when there's nobody watching you, nobody pushing you, nobody uh, saying, "Hey, this is what needs to be done." Okay, some of you, some of you are saying, "Oh man, it's not me. I, I need somebody watching me. I only work when somebody's watching me." (laughs) You will find as we go through this, these verses, this statement. Where where Mary says, "Behold, the maid of the Lord." Here here I am, your maid servant. I'm a servant of the Lord. And in a few moments, we're gonna see. You'll say, "Yeah, you know what, Mary? She she grew up, and you know she she responsible, whatever, and um, you know young lady in her twenties, whatever." So she's, an, uh, she's a mature adult. We're going to see something or the possibility of, of even the age of Mary. Okay, so you guys touched on a lot of different things. Uh, and so a number of them that I want to just point out or, or really hone in on when it comes to the Lord Before the Lord. The thing is. Humility. Is huge before the Lord. And in the last little while. I mentioned this over the last few weeks. And I've seen this over the last number of months. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. And gives grace to the humble. There's this aspect of. Behold. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. This is what she's saying to the angel, Gabriel. She's saying, here I am, behold, it's me. I am a maidservant of the Lord. I am submitted, not just humble before the Lord, I am submitted and submissive to the Lord. I will be obedient to the Lord, and what he's asking of me, I will do it. And part of it, I'll tell you right now, That humility and submissiveness and obedience when it comes to a maidservant or a servant uh, without any restraint really depends on a trust or faith in the master. So I'm going to, I am, I'm a willing servant to the master there's i i trust the master i trust the lord and i think sometimes i know for for uh, ourselves as as people that are going through different things and, and sometimes we when it comes to receiving wisdom from god we receive wisdom and say oh oh okay what really I had somebody fighting and it wasn't so much they were fighting what i was saying it was, hey, I'm not the messenger. I, I'm, I'm just a messenger. I'm just sharing what God is saying. And they didn't like the wisdom of the Lord. They did not like what the wisdom of the Lord was, was speaking into their life. And so there was this resistance. In fact, there was not just a resistance. There was a, a, an opposition. No. And there is an anger. There was a thing of, don't, don't be judging me. the trait, the characteristic of a maidservant, of a manservant, has to do with, Lord, I trust you that what you're telling me will not harm me or hurt me. It is for my good. Even though it might be a little bit awkward. I'm going to trust you. I trust you. I'm going to follow through with what you have for me. Now, let's just look at this passage on, of, of Mary and a little bit of Joseph as well, what kind of people these individuals were. All right? So, in Luke 1, verse 26, we're going to go back a few verses. It says, Now in the sixth month, you say is sixth month of what? It was in the sixth month of Mary's cousin Elizabeth, or aunt, cousin, of, of Elizabeth it was in the 6th month of her pregnancy of who who is she, who is she pregnant with john john who the baptist john the baptist so she's 6 months pregnant it was at that point that the angel gabriel was sent by god to a city of galilee named nazareth to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. All right? She's a virgin. She was pure before God and before man sexually. She was betrothed or engaged to be married. So she wasn't married yet. Now, in the Jewish culture of that day, Betrothal for Mary could be for marriage could be as young as 12 to 14 years of age. So there would be an engagement or betrothal, and, and once again, people didn't live as long. probably in, at, at that time, uh, if you lived to be 50, that would be a, a typical age to live. Because life was not easy, they didn't have the food that we have. They didn't have the perhaps the the vegetables and the the fruit and whatever good food uh, that would allow for a longer life. There's a there's a possibility, as she was betrothed for marriage, and as the this angel came, that that she was she was a teenager. By the time that the, what would happen would happen, she might have been 15 or 16 years of age. She was not somebody that's, you know, hey, uh, I've had a lot of years under my belt, and I've, I've got life experience. She was a, most likely, a teenager. We don't know for sure, but most likely she was a teenager. She was young, And a lot of times we say, well, you know what? If I'm a little bit more mature as a Christian, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be an adult. I'm, I'm in my 20s or 30s or 40s. I, I've, I've got some life experience under me. Then maybe I can be entrusted with things. Or if I've been a Christian for a long period of time, I can be entrusted with things. And the Lord is saying, listen, I want to entrust you with wisdom. I want to trust you with the things from above uh, in the Lord. And so... What is being given to Mary, the the responsibility, our responsibilities, like this was from a teenager, most likely a teenager, taking on responsibility. And we're going to, we'll look a little bit into it. So, um, it says, betrothed uh, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. If we uh, go to Matthew chapter 1 we can see the lineage of Joseph that went all the way back through to Jesus or to Solomon and and then to David. So Joseph's lineage if you follow it all the way back goes through Solomon the son of David and then to David and so he was of the house of David. So he was the the foster father if you would of Jesus. He wasn't the the father but he was in in one regard he was in the fact that he brought Jesus up. And he was engaged to be married to Mary. When it comes to the lineage of Mary it also she was also of the house of David not through Solomon but through one of David's others, other children and that would be Nathan. And so through both sides through, through Mary and through Joseph the lineage of Jesus was from both sides going right back to, to David. In 2 Samuel 7 talks about the Messiah would come from the house of David. They fulfilled this prophecy. The two of them fulfilled this prophecy that the Messiah, Jesus, would come from the house of David. And having, having come to come in and to where Mary was, uh, where she was, wherever it was, doesn't say where she was. We know that she was in Nazareth. And we know that the angel, this angel came to her. And he said, rejoice, highly favored one. Now, oh, just imagine you're 15 years of age. I he use 15. You're 15 years of age. And there is a being that comes into your presence, an angel. And says, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. The Lord is with you, not because of your pride, but because of your humility. The Lord is with you. If we want the Lord with us, that we would be of humility. It says, blessed are you among women. It doesn't say that blessed are you over women or above women, as some denominations make her out to be above every single woman out there. It says, blessed are you among women. You're favored among women. But when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his saying. So, who knows? Maybe as we look at this passage, maybe there was a voice and she's wondering where it's coming from and then she sees him and she was troubled not by, so much by the angel as she was by what he was saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. It's like, okay, uh, who are you? What are you? You're an angel. She's, she's not afraid of, of Gabriel, but she's definitely having a hard time with uh, this thing of, of being highly favored. You, are, you rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. It's like, okay, what have I done? What have I done to, to, to receive this greeting? And it's sort of troubling. It's like, what, what, what's this about? I think, you know what? When, when the Lord comes to us, and would speak into her life. Oftentimes, her reaction is the same as like, what, 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 me? <laughs> Laura, you, you don't have somebody else that you can go to. You're and, and the greeting is, uh, what favored? I'm blessed. Sometimes her responses. We're looking around. Are, are you talking to me? Because I know that I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived yet, and I'm sure Mary was saying, I. I know that I'm not sinless. I know that I'm not sinless. So I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this, what is being spoken to me. And this aspect of maybe she didn't see him right away, she heard him, but then it says, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. So it wasn't just any person. It was like, okay, this is truly from God. This is an angel. Didn't see, I may have heard a voice, but now I see this, this creature before me, this angel before me, and now I'm, I'm wondering, what, what do you have to say to me? This is, a, this is, this is not normal, everyday Situations. Why is the angel addressing me this way? Why do I have the attention of the Lord? Do you think the Lord knows where where you're at? You better believe it. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows the things... You know, they, they have this song about Santa. He knows... When you're sleeping, he knows when you're good. He knows when you've been naughty, so be good for goodness sake. Isn't that how it goes? Something like that. Well, we're not talking about Santa here. We're talking about God knowing us, and he knows us. And not that Mary, it does not seem that Mary was so much troubled by the fact like, oh my goodness, I know that I've done something wrong. I better try to cover it up. It was more about the way that he greeted her. It's like it's more like, God, you have something for me. Am I going to be able to bear this? Am I going to be able to handle what you have for me to do? Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor or you found grace with God. So obviously she was concerned. She was pr- frightened. Perhaps it was as a result of The fact that there may be something that the Lord might ask her to do that she's wondering, can I handle this? Can I handle this? Hey, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor and grace with God. It's almost like the angel was saying, you know what, Mary? You're going to be able to get through this because of the grace and the favor of God in your life. And I want to say to each and every one of you, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, as we submit to the Lord as, as children of God, if the Lord is speaking into your life the things of direction, the things of wisdom, the things of, of, of life, and you say, I don't know if I can do this, and especially if he's asking you to do things, that you say, I don't know if I can do this, he's entrusting you with something, because he knows that you can get, you can bear the responsibility. Because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you, and there's nothing that He would ask us to do, or there's nothing that, no wisdom or direction or guidance, guidance that He would give us. That He's not saying, "I'm going to be with you." I'm going to be with you. Hallelujah. Now, if she was concerned by the greeting, I think what what He said next really had her thinking she had a decision to make it says verse 31 Luke 131 and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus saying okay uh at this point in time it's like okay are we talking with Joseph what how what where I'm not married yet. I'm not married. I'm betrothed. I'm engaged to be married. But if if we're talking about, like, what are you talking about here? Because, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll have a son. In fact, we know that Mary had at least four sons. Or he, she did have four sons because it gives their names. And we know that she had at least two daughters because it talks about they're sisters, the sisters of the, of the four brothers. So there must have been at least two, at least. So at least six children besides Jesus. So Mary, who knows? I'm sure that they probably talked, her and Joseph might say, hey, you want to have kids? Yeah, of course. I want kids. We need to have kids. How many kids do you want? Well, I don't know. Let's have seven. (laughs) That's a lot of kids. Now, I think there is, um, if we read in Matthew chapter 1, which we'll, we'll jump over to Matthew chapter 1. Actually, let me, let, me, let me finish off with... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to finish off this passage with Mary. Uh, verse, v- from verse 32, I'll read through the scriptures and we'll jump quickly over to Matthew chapter 1 because I want to look at uh, Matthew's, or uh, Joseph's part in this. So going on, uh, the angel says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. It's like, okay... And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So probably now she's saying, now she says to the angel, Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? Angels answered and said to her, I'm sure things are becoming more alarming to her, You're going to have, she's basically, you're going to have the son of God. The baby that's going to be conceived and will, will develop within you will be the son of God. So this is the information that she's taking in. She's taking in, in this information and she has a choice to say, mm, Lord, I, Gabriel, well, she did, maybe she didn't know his name, probably didn't know his name. Or maybe she said, hey, he said, I'm, I'm Gabriel. I'm a messenger from God. She could have said, no. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want that. And her answer, let me go back to her answer in the very next verse. Then Mary said, so it was a, a fairly fast decision, even with the ramifications she's going to be pregnant or she is whether the holy spirit came at in that moment as she says this in verse 38 Mary said behold the maid servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her could have been even in that moment that she was there was conception that took place in that jesus was starting to develop within her it was according to her decision, Lord, I'm your I'm the ma- your maid servant. I'm accepting this responsibility now. Here is here are the ramifications. If what, according to Jesus' word, this is after Jesus began ministry, he's talking about. Um, The the right for divorce between a married couple. What is one of the the allowances that God gives for a couple to be divorced? Huh? We're talking about uh, sexual sin. We're talking about adultery. So at this point, they're betrothed to be married. And here now, Mary is found pregnant. So even as this is all going through her mind very quickly, she recognizes there's a good chance that I'm going to be divorced or Joseph will divorce me. What else could possibly happen according to the law? In fact, uh, a situation came up where where a woman was caught in adultery and what, what were they ready to do? They were ready to stone this woman There is a possibility, as she's saying yes to this this huge responsibility, there's a possibility that I could be stoned to death. That's pretty extreme. This is a 15 or 16-year-old girl having to make a decision with the information that's been given to her. And I I, want to say this, if we want to have the wisdom of God or receive the wisdom of God in our life, There will be, there's information that will be given to us and we have to say, am I going to accept this or not? Am I going to do this or not? Am I going to do this wisdom? And so we have a decision to make. Let's just jump to uh, Matthew chapter 1. Let's see. How, Matthew, or how Joseph deals with, with this. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, or engaged to be married to Joseph, before they came together, and we're talking about sexually, so they had not come together sexually, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, Mary's already pregnant. And if she didn't know, how, how long does it usually take before a woman may know that she's pregnant? A couple months. Something happens, even perhaps within the month. All right? And with that something, it's like, oops, Okay, what's happening here? Am I I pregnant? And within six to eight weeks, it's like, okay, I know that I'm pregnant. I know that I'm pregnant. And so whether she at one point she must have told Joseph, Joseph, I want to tell you a story. Now we don't know if, if she told him or not. I'm I'm assuming that she did. Or if she didn't, she was about ready to give or to let him know. This is what happens. So she was found a child of the Holy Spirit. And what a story that would be, right? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Sure, Mary. You're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That's not how a woman gets pregnant so here's here's his here is his response to her pregnancy and Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly so what kind of characteristics would you would would you say that J, uh, Joseph had in dealing with her his wife to be that's found pregnant? Sorry, I, sorry. Compassion, yes. Compassion. What else? Kindness. What else? Hmm. Loving. Yes. Merciful. So it says here, he was a just man. He wanted to do what is right. And he did love her. He did love her. And not wanting to make her a public example. Say, hey, this woman here that I was supposed to be married to, she's pregnant and it's not by me. He could have said it. He could have been that way, but he wasn't. He, he wanted... He was minded to put her away secretly that no one else would know. Now, verse twenty. Like when I when I look at, at Joseph, I just I see a guy that is is probably between a rock and a hard place. It's like I love Mary and my heart and intention was that she, I would be with her right until the day I die and now this like I I could not possibly imagine all the things that were racing through his mind in that moment and I I can see that, that man, it was almost like wow, how can this be So, verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So, to Mary, the angel appeared to Mary, like, while she's awake. They had a conversation. They had a conversation. She was awake. And yet here, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Saying, now, you ever wonder why it would have been in a dream, and not just face to face like with Mary? Do you ever, do you ever, do you ever get uh, have a dream where you're trying to get away from somebody, and it doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't get away? <laughs> It's like, oh, my goodness, and you wake up, and it's, it's like, oh, I'm having a nightmare. Somebody's chasing after me, and I can't get away, and the next thing you wake up. I guess maybe, maybe for Joseph it was, you know what, you, you want to try to get away from me. I'm going to talk to you in a dream. I'm going to speak to you through the dream. In the dream, I'm going to be speaking to you. The, God is going to speak to, to you. And, and let me just say this. I'll tell you right now. It says that in the last days, the Spirit of God will be poured out upon us. And that that there's going to be visions given, even as the Holy Spirit is poured out, there's going to be visions with that. There's also going to be dreams. The young men will have visions, the the old men will have dreams. So if you're having dreams of the Lord, you're considered old by, by God himself. If you still have visions, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm still a young man, according to God. That's a good thing. But here, the Lord may speak to us in visions and in dreams. As the spirit of God is poured out on us. So that we would do wisdom. To receive the wisdom of the Lord in our lives. For him to speak into our lives oh man, I want to be receiving the wisdom of God. So this angel appeared, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And you thought maybe she was... And it makes perfect sense. Yeah, right, Mary. You're, you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so here there's a confirming of this supernatural thing for a virgin to become pregnant. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus for He will save His people from their sins. She is carrying the Son of God, the Son of, of Man. She is carrying this child, and you're going to call Him Jesus, because He will save His people from their sins. In fact, Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. So the most important Point in history of all time is entrusted to a 16 year old 15 year old young lady and we don't know how old we don't know how old uh, Joseph was but we know that Joseph had already died it was no longer there when Jesus began his ministry and even three and a half years later he, as he went to the cross Joseph wasn't there, Mary was there so he could have been maybe, maybe he was 20 years of age. Maybe he was a little bit older. We don't know. But we know that he was no longer there. He died. He was no longer in the picture when Jesus began his ministry. There's no mention of Joseph after the age of 12 for, for Jesus. And my, my take on it, I've shared this before. My take on it, why did Jesus start ministry so late? Is because... He was taking care of his brothers and sisters. Until they were old enough to be independent. And he began ministry. It makes perfect sense. That's how Jesus would do things. That's how God would do things. And in three and a half years, Jesus impacted the entire globe. The wisdom of God coming in the flesh. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying Behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. You might say when was that when who was the prophet and when was it said? The prophet was Isaiah and it would have been said around 700 BC. And we read of that in Isaiah 7:14. So we can read of that prophecy 700 years, it was written around 700 years before Jesus came that there would be a virgin and shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. You know what? Maybe he was more accepting, and maybe Mary was was accepting of the fact that, hey, you know what? This could very well be am I the one? Am I that virgin? And according to what the angel is saying, it's me. She may have remembered in her studying or hearing the word that there would be a virgin that would be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us to come in the flesh. And it says, basically we see that Joseph responded or acted upon an angel in a dream. When he woke up, there was a, a information that was given to him and there was a decision that he had to make. Listen, in our lives, when it comes to God speaking into our life, we can slough it off or we can and push it away or, or we can take heed to it, especially as we would say, this is from the Lord, there's a confirming of what is being spoken to me. This is from the Lord. And, and I have a choice now to make a decision as to what I'm going to do. I'm saying to you, in these last days, you say, well, man, would I, can I be that responsible, as responsible as a 15-year-old? You say, is there such a thing? Is that an ox- oxymoron to, be, to have a responsible 15 or 16-year-old? any parents that are saying that, that might be an oxymoron a responsible 15 or 16 year old i don't know mom was was i responsible as a 15 year old <laughs> she's laughing i'm sure i know that i i let my mom down cuz i think the last time my mom tried to slap me i was 15 years of age <laughs> probably 15 I think so it was like yeah I don't know if you remember that that time mom do you (laughs) as a 15 year old just grabbed her by her wrist as she's trying to slap me and I just held her wrist right like that it was like she couldn't do anything (laughs) my mom was upset And then very quickly, only as my mom could, started laughing. (laughs) She just started laughing. I think when I let her go, then she maybe gave me a little whack. But um, a responsible 15-year-old, we're not talking to a young person, a a, a very young child. And not to say that a young child can't be responsible. In fact, I saw a responsible uh, teenager, a 10-year-old, 9 or 10-year-old, this Saturday. So I go to this. Julie and I went to this arts uh, cra- Christmas craft thing, and here's a little young lady had given an invitation, and said, "Hey, I'm going to be doing. Uh, I'm going to have this this my my arts my my things that I've done. There's going to be a, a little craft show, and so I'm going to be selling these things. So when I got there, when Julie and I got there, and I'm thinking, okay." what can a 9 or 10-year-old do, right? That was my thought. Can a 9 or 10-year-old do anything? If you want to see some pictures afterwards, I'll show you the pictures. It was like, oh my goodness. I cannot believe what this 9-year-old did. And, And she just started in April. And she's crocheting all these things. It's like, this is unbelievable. I was blown away. And not only that, Here's this little nine or ten year old sitting behind the the, the, the table, and um, says, "Oh, uh, who who is this gift for?" It's for our granddaughter. How old is your granddaughter? Oh, she's uh, six between six and seven months. Oh, okay. You can't have. You won't be able to buy this one because if. A six or, seven, or a six or seven month old, they're, they're going to be gnawing on the, this little figurine or whatever. They, they put everything in their mouth. The eyes, the buttons on the eyes of this little teddy bear would come off. And so that would be very dangerous. So what I can do is I, I, you tell me what you want, what colors you want. You can email it to me. And I will make uh, buttons that are sewn on so they don't come off. This is a 9 or 10 year old being responsible. I'm just, I'm saying to us as, as adults, when the wisdom of God would come to us or the God, God would speak to us because he, he knows us and He loves us, don't think, well, you know what? I'm 15, I'm a teenager, what can I do? What can I do? I'm just a child, what can I do? God is saying, hey, I want, I want to entrust you with things, can you trust me? Can you put your faith in me? Can you put your faith in me? And so here now, not only did Joseph have to make a decision, or Mary have to make a decision, Joseph had to make a decision, and it says here, then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, comes to sleep, come, gets awake, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him in the dream, and he took to him his wife. And he did not know her, in this case, did not know her sexually till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Just like the angel said he should call his son or this son, the son of God. He did exactly. He made a decision and it was the right decision. When, when the Lord speaks into her life, wisdom, direction, responsibility, Lord, I'm going to heed what you tell me to, tell me to do. And I'm going to glory, not in myself. No, I'm going to have my, no, I'm not doing that because whatever reason. I am going to glory in the Lord. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. That we would glory not in our own flesh. That we would not boast in our capabilities. So in what? What do we glory in? And what can we glory in without doing anything initially? Without doing anything initially. We're talking about the wisdom of God coming to us. But what can we glory in without doing anything initially? Let's go back to a few verses before 1 Corinthians one let Let's go back to verse 26. 1 Corinthians one twenty-six. So what do I boast in? For you seek your calling, brethren the fact that you've been called, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty according to the flesh, not many noble according to the flesh and according to this world are called. It's not how smart you are, it's not how capable, it's not your position according to this world. So you may not have the the education, you may not have the, the, the strength, the position, In fact, the Lord says, and the base things of the world, the things that the world considers like nothing and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. The things that everybody thinks, well, oh my goodness. Some say, oh my goodness, Elon Musk. My goodness. The things that he's able to do And he didn't grow up really rich. And look at where he is now. If I had the money, the power of an Elon Musk, the things I can do, I'm telling you that God wants to to entrust you with wisdom from above that is beyond anything that this world can ever know and would not be able to accept. And that you don't need to have all the things of this world to accomplish it. In fact, he's saying you don't need any of those things. The things of the, the wise, to be wise according to the flesh, don't need that. To be mighty according to this world, don't need that. The noble, those that are of position, of high rank, according to, those, to the world, you don't need that. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. Now you say, well, what are the base things of the world? And the things despised by the world that God has chosen. Well, let's go back a few more verses to 1 Corinthians 1.21. 1 for since in the wisdom of God, the world through the wisdom did not know God. The world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So the, the God didn't use the, the wisdom of this world. But it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. This is wisdom. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, you want to be called by God. You want to be having the wisdom of God. You want to be entrusted with things from God, the wisdom and the power of God. then recognize this thing of Jesus Christ and him crucified. What a simple thing. In fact, already to Mary, he's alluding. To Joseph, he's already alluding who Jesus would be. You're going to call him Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. In the Greek translation, it's Joshua or salvation is of Jehovah. Is a a Greek translation of uh, of Jesus or Joshua. Or or salvation is of Jehovah. Jehovah. What a simple thing to be entrusted with the wisdom and the power of God just by believing something particular, this, this foolishness of Jesus Christ crucified. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men And the weakness of God is stronger than men. That's entrusted to us. You are called. You have been chosen. You have grabbed a hold of the foolishness of this message of the cross. And I'm saying to you, if you're not in that place where you've grabbed a hold of it completely, you grab a hold of it. I'm going to... The Lord is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling you. And he's saying, I want to entrust you with something. Can you not believe in the wisdom and power that I give to you in Jesus Christ and what he did, the Son of God? And even to Mary and Joseph, it's already, he's already saying, This is who Jesus will be. Is that Jesus to you? Or just say, Ah. I can remember already in grade six in my heart, it was, I wanted to tell others about Jesus. And the Lord opened up doors and especially when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit at 14 years of age. Man, did the Lord, He was already opening doors and saying, hey, I'm going to allow for this to be happening in your life. And I look over my life and I, I recognize and, uh, and I recognize how incapable I am. You might say, I am so incapable and I'm telling you, The Lord is saying, what I have still for you to do, and it is about not just ourselves, it is about the salvation of others, is that the wisdom that we receive in Christ Jesus and what he did for us on the cross and the power that's made available to us, that the Lord wants for us to share that with others. It's the greatest thing that we can do. I cannot boast and I should not boast in my human wisdom in my human strength, nor in my human position. That's not where I should glory, but rather I should glory in the Lord. Now, the benefits, just quickly and I close with this. The benefits as I receive the wisdom of God and who Jesus is to me. And it's already indicated right off to Mary right away. In Luke one thirty-two, it says, and he will be great. The one that's within you, and I say to you, the one that's within you that you've received in your life, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, will be great to you. He will be great, and He is great. In fact, at His name, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He will be great, and He will be called the Son of the Highest, And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Basically, Jesus, you're going to be great to me. Jesus, you will be the highest to me. There is none other before you. You will be the son of the highest. There is nothing in front of you. There is nothing before you. Jesus, you are first. You are foremost in my life. Jesus... You will be seated on the throne of my life. It says, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Jesus, you be Lord in my life. You be seated on the throne of my life. That, those are the benefits that come as we allow the wisdom and the power of God in our life to say yes to that. I say, thank you, Lord. I don't have to be in charge of my own life and my own future and my, all the details because Jesus is seated on the throne of my life. It's a benefit to me. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Well, guess what? I am part of that kingdom. Jesus is seated on the throne of my life, and I am part of this kingdom that will be forever. It says in this kingdom, his kingdom, there will be no end. For my life, there is no end. When Jesus is seated on the throne of my life, there is no end. I will live eternally. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is where, this is what I grab a hold of. This is what Mary and Joseph grabbed a hold of. That wisdom. That she made it... uh, she made a decision before the angel left and didn't say and the and the angel stayed for another 3 days waiting until Mary gave the answer she gave an answer before the angel left within a short period of time because she knew who God was and she was trusting in the Lord and here she was taking in this information I'm going to live forever because Jesus is Lord. He will be my Savior as well. Uh, Mary was not sinless, as some denominations would say. Well, she was sinless. She never sinned. Mary needed a Savior just like you and I need a Savior. She was not sinless. This wisdom that we received from above, this wisdom of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, That we would share that wisdom with others. Especially at this Christmas time. I'm going to share the wisdom. I'm not going to glory in myself. Not my will be done. Your will be done in my life. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary, I just want you to know, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. She could never have children, for with God nothing will be impossible. And I want to conclude with that. The wisdom that God has for you, You are not alone in that wisdom. In fact, God is with you. And he is saying, nothing is impossible for me. Nothing is impossible because God is with you. That we would trust the Lord. We'd have faith in him. That we would submit to him. That we would humble ourselves before him. That we would be obedient to him. Not my will. Your will be done in my life, Lord. If I'm going to glory, if I'm going to boast if I'm going to depend on anyone or anything, it is Jesus Christ and the fact that he is my Savior and Lord, even as Jesus would die for Mary and died for us, that we would glory. If we're going to glory, let us glory in the Lord. Can we stand together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you tonight uh, for the wisdom that you desire to give us. Lord, for your glory, in the end, it is for your glory. Lord, not our will, your will be done. You would be glorified in our lives. And Lord, I just pray this in Jesus' name for each and every one, especially over this, this uh, as we enter this Christmas season, and, and just the world is, is proclaiming uh, something else, that we would proclaim you. We would boast in you that we would receive wisdom, we would receive power, we would receive responsibility, we would receive the things that you would have for us, Lord, and that we would boast in you, Lord Jesus. That we would glory in you. Lord, I pray this for our church and that for each and everyone here tonight, those that would hear this message and and beyond, Lord, I just pray, let there be a glorifying of you and that there would be uh, impacting of those that have no hope Lord, that they can know there is one that would call them by name to have life. Lord, to have healing, to have hope, to have an eternity with you. Lord, I pray, let us declare your name and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.